1: Welcome to The very Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 20-17 loss to the Browns and much more. What's happening, Perez?
0: A-dub, A-dub, A-dub. Man, I tell that we have told too many times on this show, the Bears finding a way to lose a ballgame, bro. Different Sunday, same shit, bro. And I am
1: mostly disappointed in Luke Getty because... Because the defense has played well enough Prince to win games. But Luke Getzey has found a way to prove that in crunch time, he is not ready.
0: Now, the one thing that we know about Luke Getzey, is the guy's conservative as they come. Now, the fan base has started to become a little complimentary towards him. And that shit started to worry me because I'm like, oh, fuck. He probably sitting on Twitter right, thinking he doing something. You ain't doing shit. It's the same bullshit, bro. Now in this ball game against the Browns, his conservative bullshit cost us the ball game. Now, A.W., you saw we weren't having success running that football. But what did they try to do? They still try to jam the football up the middle. It wasn't working. You
1: and I and the rest of the fan base knows
0: that that
1: Cleveland Browns team is tough, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And they're stingy. So we weren't able to run the football. That means, Lou
0: find another way, right, to get around that. The offensive line, they struggled. But they were going up against a Cleveland Browns defensive front that was banged up, and we still struggled. That is an indictment against your fucking coaching staff, that you couldn't find a way to have success against a damn team that has injuries. Justin Fields was pressured on damn near 50% of his dropbacks. The game plan should have changed, bro. When it was clear to you as an offensive coordinator that your offensive line was overmatched, that's when you got to switch it up. Because what did they do next? They started sending blitzers. This is the same thing that we've seen time and time again with this damn team. Justin Fields running for his life. The offensive coordinator doing nothing. To make the game play easier for the offense.
1: And it's going week after week that way. It happens all the time. So the fan on the Bears is hey, blitz them and see what they do. They're going to fold. And a lot of times the Bears have folded in those situations. Well, so this is
0: my big thing. Blitzing, yeah, I mean, we have struggled against that. When you got a quarterback like Justin Fields, you got a fighting chance back there. My issue with them is the fact that you got to change up the play calls. You can't do the same shit over and over again. That's what they were trying to do. And then again, you can't end up in second and third and long situations because when you do that, advantage goes to the defense. When the Cleveland Browns had the Bears in those second and third and longs, what do you think is going to come? They're going to amp up the pressure. Right. Now, Getty, for the last couple of games prior to the Browns game, had done a better job of calling plays. But this game here, he reverted back to his old ways, and that is why we lost
1: that's the tough part right there because you talk about this always. The one thing when I look at Luke Getty, I've always said, and you alluded to it earlier about being conservative, he doesn't play aggressive. He doesn't call aggressive plays. The offense is always trying to retreat, right? This offense is always trying to play not to make mistakes. This offense needs to just play football. But right now, we're getting so close to the end of the season, Perez. It's been that way all season where this offense have not been able to find a stride consistently.
0: This is the thing that I feel like is the biggest indictment against this coaching staff. When they had some expectations, what happens in this ballgame? They lose. This was a must-win ballgame. People were actually starting to think that the Bears had a chance, right? Because we were all saying, hey, they're still in the hunt. Well, for the Bears who have stayed in that playoff hunt, they need to beat the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, which was a very winnable ballgame. Yeah. Now dropping the 5-9, and nine, it's just a matter of time before they're mathematically eliminated. So my whole thing is this. Matt Bufloos, nothing has changed as far as I'm concerned about him not being the head coach of this team next season. Okay, fine, let him finish out the season. This game basically showed me who he is as a coach. Luke Getty, this game showed me who you are as an offensive coordinator. This thing does not work. Now, everybody's sitting over here flooding our mentions, flooding our DMs, emailing us. What's up with Justin? What's up with Caleb Williams? Guys, I'm not entertaining any of the Caleb Williams talk. I'm not getting into that debate because I will continue to tell you guys that Justin Fields is not the problem. I'm not sitting here and say that Justin Fields was perfect in the ballgame. Justin Fields has not been perfect this season, but I'm not going to isolate and put every single problem on Justin Fields.
1: And especially in a game like this here, Prez, against the Browns, that's winnable. He got some nice pieces around him, which is good. And unfortunately, you know, there were parts of this game where the coaching staff just let him down, right? And you hit a good point, Prez. There were some throws out there that Justin Fields could have done differently out there. We know that. But at the end of the day, Prez, the way this Bears team is structured, where they're at right now, it's not an indictment on Justin Fields. It's what's around Justin Fields that's the problem. And it starts with the coaching staff. 100%. Now, in this
0: ball game, there were some key drops. I'm not hearing nobody having that energy for Robert Tony. That was a brutal drop. Yep. I'm not even going to get into what Money Moon did at the end of the ballgame. I'm not even touching on that because I've already told y'all the bank has been closed. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Aw, I'm not even gonna get into that one. I'm already still trying to get over being sick. I'm not trying to end up back in the bed again. But I'm tell you one thing: I saw that shit yesterday. I was pissed. I was living. But I talked about the the poor protector, Justin Fields, the inability to establish the running game. To your point, Aw, you talked about the defense. They're playing out of their minds for most of the game, at least. Three turnovers they got off of Joe Flacco. But guess what? Joe Flacco did what Joe Flacco does. He's a better quarterback in this league. And he made a play when his team needed the most.
1: When they give the Browns their props, they deserve that. But the one thing I give them credit for Perez is as many mistakes they made on offense, they still kept playing aggressive. And I got to give the Browns credit for that. And that's what I was hoping for the Chicago Bears on offense. Despite what's going on, play aggressive.
0: Doesn't matter, you know. But again, A-Dub, this ballgame right here is a reminder of how this 2023 season has gone. Yep. Blowing leads in the fourth quarter. Giving up points and having to play from behind, A-Dub. Now, okay, I I lied, audience. I said I wasn't going to say nothing about that Darnell Mooney fucking situation. I got to say something. Okay, look. We know that Darnell Mooney is not the same Darnell Mooney from the past, right? I'm not even going to sit up here and hold y'all on that. When you got the opportunity to win the ball game, ain't literally, ball in your hands. What are we doing? Kicking the fucking ball up in the air? And shit, what the fuck are you doing? That shit right there, bro, is the epitome of a Lovison culture. Darnell Mooney used to be a fucking dependable player. Now he's sitting on the field, on the ground like a kid. When I saw that shit, I'm like, what are we doing, man? How far has Darnell Mooney fallen? It's just a joke. It really is. Hey, <laughs> honestly, A-Dub, I'm watching the game on my laptop, so in my mind at first, I thought it was Tyler Scott. And I'm sitting up here like, oh, look at Tyler Scott, this dumbass rookie shit. And then I took a closer look, I'm like, that ain't no damn to... Tyler Scott. That's your boy, Money Moon, down here. Looking like a rookie. <laughs> oh, I'm so disgusted, A-Dub.
1: Chris, I'm not even mad at you, man, because you know if you're disgusted, Imagine how I feel. This sums up the season for Money Moon overall, Perez. It's been that type of season for him.
0: Up and down. I I hope that he finds him a safe place next season somewhere else. He needs to get the fuck out of Chicago. This ain't working for him, ain't it? It ain't working.
1: It ain't working, bro. It ain't working at all because that was a catchable play for him, Perez. Thank you. If it's only you like that. You catch it, man. And that's your number one thing as a wide receiver, to catch the football. I got to give Justin Fields a lot of credit for making a damn throw like that, bro. A Hail Mary like that. He gave him a chance. Give gave him a chance. That's all you want, friends, is a chance. And Darnell Mooney had it, bro, in his lap, in his hands, on the pads, and still found a way to drop it, and turn it into an interception at
0: that. Oh my god! Kicking the fucking ball up in the air. What we doing, Mooney? <laughs> wow, god. that was awful. That was awful. But anyway, audience, I'm gonna try to keep this shit fucking positive because I can go off at any second now because that shit was just dumb. Now I know it was people around me in the press box they laughing because they think shit funny. Oh man, the Bears eat, and I'm sitting up here like, yeah, guys, but guess what? Some of us, you know what I'm saying, we care about the outcomes of these games. And I love the fact that y'all think that we a joke. And see, that's the problem that gets me pissed off at you, Doug. Because then when I tell people I'm a Bears fan, here come the jokes. When I tell people <laughs> we cover the Bears, here comes the jokes. Right. I'm sick of that, man. Because I know how I feel, and I'm not even a member of the team. You a member of the team, you should have some pride. You put on that uniform, you ain't sick and tired of being a laughing stock in this league? Fuck the draft talk, A-Dub. Fuck the Caleb Williams bullshit. Shouldn't we be tired of talking about losses all the time? I know I am.
1: I'm definitely tired of that, Perez. The way we're losing is problematic for me, you know? Because I get it. If you're going to lose, lose, okay? But to lose like this, it's like, come on, man. You had opportunities to win. Those are the ones that hurt
0: the most. I don't care how many people look at this loss. For me, it was a devastating loss for Bears fans. Because again, and I'ma keep saying it, I saw Bears fans starting to have a little inkling of hope. Yep. And thought we we're gonna push towards a playoff run. When Cole Komet sat up there and uttered those words, I think people started to be like, ooh, I believe. No, stop believing. This teammate gave us nothing to believe in. See, you got to stop lying to these people, A-Dub. Just like y'all <laughs> lie to these kids about Santa. Stop lying to these damn kids. <laughs> I was starting to believe just a little bit,
1: man. Oh, I know you was. I
0: heard you last week. <laughs> I couldn't call you out because I was sick. I heard you over there. Yeah, I man, the I know. I was like, God damn it, A-Dub, shut up.
1: <laughs> Yeah, man. And the reason I was starting to believe, as I reiterate right now with you, it was because of the defense. I was like, man, this defense with Montez Sweat, man, they want to hold other level. And they've been playing very good as of lately. And I thought, hey, with Cleveland, Browns being all banged up, maybe we can get another one, Press. But guess what? The Chicago Bears found a way to bring me back down to earth, man. And I'm like, oh, jeez, all that hype. Thinking we turned the corner, thinking we might just have a little bit of a shot of making the playoffs. Not saying we're going to make it, but have a shot. I'm like, let's go for it, man. Yeah. And I and I'm talking
0: about the offensive line struggles. The moment that Tevin Jenkins went down, I knew we were fucked. That was a yeah. big blow. You lose your best offensive lineman, and I'm I'm assuming it's a concussion. But bro, when Cody here came in that ball game. <laughs> You can only imagine the look that I had on my face, A-Dub. I just, like, literally my jaw was so tight. I'm like, God damn, I thought we was done with this guy. I I felt your pain, Press. You're like, here we go again. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. You know what? I wish the media would stop asking DJ more dumbass questions about the quarterback situation. What you want this man to say? This man's in the trenches right now with Justin. You think he's going to sit up here and say, well, yeah, maybe next year we can bring a rookie quarterback in here and I can start all over from scratch trying to get chemistry with some rookie quarterback that don't know shit from shit. the hell you think he's going to say? The media, y'all got to stop right. asking these dumbass questions of these pressers, y'all.
1: <laughs> Look, the media was trying to divide the team even more, you know? And I'm glad DJ Moore didn't fall for that trick. He was like, come on, man. Like, really? But... He asked the question, of course, but at the end of the day, man, DJ Moore understand what type of quarterback Justin Fields is. And working with Justin Fields, he see the hard work, he see the growth. I mean, come on, media, don't do DJ Moore like that.
0: So this is my biggest thing. I understand the frustration that people have when they look at this Bears offense, when they look at we're not throwing a football for big-time yards. They're looking at the quarterback and they're saying, where's the improvement? I understand the frustration. But again, as I said earlier, when you look at an offensive staff, you got to look at all the parts and not just the quarterback. And again, you got to look at your offensive coordinator. You got to look at the parts around the quarterback. We got to look at the whole big picture. There's so many people on social media right now that are sitting here telling me Justin Fields ain't it. But they can't explain (laughs) to me why they feel that way. Why are you putting all the blame on one person? Aren't you guys sick and tired of having to keep swapping out the quarterback every two or three years? I'm sick of always saying, oh, we should draft this guy. We should draft. Fuck that. We got a quarterback in here right now. Let's let this kid fucking do what he's gotta do. It ain't like he's Zach Wilson. Now what are you talking about? Now, somebody did make a good point to me the other day, they said, Well, praise. When I looked at the Ohio State quarterback situation, I didn't think C.J. Stroud was going to be as strong as he is with the limited weapons that he has in that Texas office and look at Justin right now. And I said, okay, fair point. However, if I'm going to be quite honest with you about a C.J. Stroud, but C.J. Stroud is surgical with the football. Yes. Sometimes Justin Fields holds on to the football a little bit too long. We know that. CJ Strong doesn't have that problem. So I can give people a the benefit of the doubt when they say that. However, every situation is not created equal.
1: You spot on when you say that, Perez, because every situation isn't created equal. When you think about how Justin Fields played against the Browns, this is actually the best I've ever seen him play against this team, right? I mean, the first time we saw him go against the Browns, it was terrible, right? It was bad, but we Mm -hmm. did see some growth out of him, right? And unfortunately, he had two interceptions that weren't even his fault. One, you know, where the referees missed it. You look around, look at it. The ball hit the turf, hit the ground. That was the interception that first half on that Hail Mary. The second one was on Money Moon, right? But we've seen Justin Fields show improvement, Perez. But again, I got to go back to this game here. The players did not give him, the players did not do him any favors. I'm talking to running backs as well, Perez. They were horrible at block, and... Against the Browns, a lot of quarterbacks have struggled, bro, but uh, I understand that the Bears players on offense also contribute to why Justin Fields
0: didn't look as good as he should have been.
1: This is my thing, though,
0: a 19 19-40, 166 yards, one touchdown, two picks. You look at numbers like that, of course people are going to pick him apart. Yep. But what's the guarantee that a Caleb Williams or Drake May, if drafted, are going to be better than Justin Fields? I want to ask that question. For all the people out here that want to see the team move away from Justin Fields, what's the guarantee that either one of those quarterbacks are going to be better than him? That's no guarantee, Chris. They could easily get
1: drafted and be a bust. I hate to say it that way, but that could possibly happen. A lot of quarterbacks have been drafted high and have not done anything. You already hit on one of them early with Zach Wilson and players like him. There's no guarantee that Caleb is going to come in here and be ready and be the guy to take over. I just don't see it happening, Prince.
0: I really don't. This is the thing. This game here is just another example of the frustration that I have with Justin Fields because you see the flashes of brilliance, but then it's coupled with the moments of frustration. Him anticipated throws where receivers are going to be, right? And it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. He fumbled the football. It was recovered by the Bears, but it's just been a lot of things there where I look at it and I say, I see where people can have the frustrations. But yeah. on now let's look at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Robert Tanya, what'd he do? That'd be a big game if he yep. didn't on to that football. Or potentially a touchdown. Right, thank you. We already know what would happen with Darnell Mooney, and I'm not done with him, man, because I still can't believe how fucking far Darnell Mooney's fallen off. This just insane. <laughs> but back to Justin for a second. Justin Fields showed some really good moment stuff. He touched pass past the cold committee, hey, Doug. Now, come on, you know what made that play the thing for me? And I'm covering another game while I'm watching this. And I had to rewind it real quick. I was like, wait a minute, man. what the hell did he do on that? running to his left come on now Jesus some of those throws that he made to DJ Moore those are the things that give me reason to have hope when it comes to justice I know what I said to y'all earlier about having hope I just believe in justice and people are probably gonna remind me well Prez we remember when you believed in Mitch fuck y'all alright <laughs> sincerely Prez <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe you bleed in Mitch, man. Hey, listen, bro. Mitch wasn't the problem. But anyway, we ain't got time on this show for me to go back to that. But
1: but I agree with you, man. When you talk about Justin Fields on that play, that touchdown pass to Cole commit, he even broke a tackle from Miles Garrett. And you know how hard that is to do, bro. So just seeing Justin Fields able to utilize his legs and make those type of throws, bro, you're right. It does give you a lot of hope there. But you knew in this game here, That was going to be tough for DJ Moore, bro. We already knew that. And you you find out that, hey, the other weapons on this team just really did step up for And it puts so much on Justin Fields to have to do everything. And Justin Fields doesn't come through, bro. It just looks worse on Justin Fields and opens him up to be nitpicked by everyone. And that's the hard part if you're a quarterback like Justin Fields,
0: happen to go through all that. Yeah, because if you look at him in a two-minute drill, He's been executing that two-minute drill better than he ever has. Yep. But, again, he opens it up for the nitpicking when he's missing open receivers, which we saw in that game against the Browns. Yeah. So that's the tough part about everything. Like I said, with Justin, a lot of people will sit here and they'll say, well, can we depend on him to win us a football game? And I will sit here and tell you, with the offensive of coordinator in place, with the offensive of line that we have, I don't know. That's the thing. I can't answer that question. But if you ask me, do you believe in this quarterback, I will tell you yes. I think
1: for me, when I saw Justin Fields come back from injury, I kind of saw something different in him, bro. A different look. A different feel to him, bro. A different aura to him. Like he was really ready to command the offense. Even against the Browns. You saw how he was, Perez. Poise. Didn't let anything get to him. He was in a moment in the game. And no matter what was going well or going bad, he was still in it, you know? And that's been Justin Fields. And with that, I can look at him and say, hey, this guy doesn't get rattled. He's ready. He's different. And if he can continue, man, to show that, that's good for him. But at the end of the day, press, I do believe him too, man. I trust in Justin Fields. And I think he can get the job done down the road. Is he going to make some mistakes? For Absolutely. Most quarterbacks do, you know? And... It happens that way against a strong, strong defense like the Browns. We saw Trevor Lawrence. He struggled against him too, you know, a week before that. So it's like, it's not its not just Justin Fields, you know? So I don't want to nitpick him so much like that. I got to understand the situation. In a situation like this type of game, he needed other guys to help him out. And unfortunately, Perez, some big plays, big opportunities were missed because of players on this team, not because of Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, because you boy Money Moon, come on, bro. Now, Adam, I gotta ask you honest question here: Is Money Moon being extended? Because if you ask me that question, I'm looking at it like these might be the last days of Darnell money in the Bears uniform. But I'm gonna ask you: What do you think?
1: I don't think he get extended, Franz. The chemistry between him and Justin Fields just isn't there, and it's been downhill, bro. Mooney would have a decent game somewhere here and there. But overall, Perez, he hasn't given this team much at all. And to the point to where Justin Fields happened to throw the ball to DJ Moore and just let him go ahead and eat or co-commit. But somehow, Money Moon got lost. And with that, Perez, you think about going to get another wide receiver? I think you're about moving on for Money Moon, especially talking about (laughs) – getting the wide receiver out the draft. You don't need Money Moon. You can move on.
0: You know, Aidan, it's so shocking, man, when I look at this situation because I thought that this was going to be the best situation for Money Moon when they got D.J. Moore because I said, okay, a lot of us propped up Moody as being a number one. But now I like, okay, he could be a wide receiver too. And once D.J. Moore gets all this attention on him, it opens it up for Darnell Mooney to go out here and make plays because he's getting those favorable matchups. We didn't see it. Now, we nope. know Darnell Mooney, he was known for doing the little things right, spending extra time after practice with the judge machine, all of those things. Those don't change the facts of the situation that the guy puts in work. These are hard work. But the problem this season is we're not seeing that translate over to the field. And that Miss Hillberry catch me, A-Dub, that was the last straw.
1: Yeah, and the biggest thing for me when I look at Money Moon Press is how he approached this season. He came this season, feeling like he had a chip on his shoulder, bro, and that really wasn't him. And since then, it's been pretty much downhill, and he never recovered, you know? So now you look at the fact that he missed a big play that could have extended this winning streak, and he folded. And with that, press, as you and I talked about, it just shows you what type of player that Darnell Mooney has become playing with the Chicago Bears this season.
0: So, Ada, obviously I spoke about it earlier with Luke Getty and his conservative nature and the missed opportunities that we had on offense. Right. Now, when the game started, we got off to a really promising start there on offense, the early touchdown that, that I mentioned earlier with Cole Komett. That followed that interception by Eddie Jackson. That was the high point for this Bears offense. Now, right. some people have said, well, Perez, the weather conditions there in Cleveland probably influenced the play calling decisions by Luke And I'm sitting up here like, man, y'all really love to shoot people bill. <laughs> because in my opinion, I'm looking at this shit like, I would agree with that. No. It was an ineffective approach, Aj, and all it led to us was punting or turning over the football. This game right here—if anybody's making that decision at House Hall of what are we gonna do with the offensive coordinator—this is the game right here when he, when I, when I'm letting him know that he's being terminated. This is the game that I'm going to be having playing in the background. Yep. Just to remind him, this is why you get let go.
1: And when people mention the weather condition, Perez, the Browns were out there too. Thank you. They played in it. And what happened? We saw some big plays to Cooper. We saw a 57-yard catch to Goodwin. Mm-hmm. We seen Njoku make some big plays as well. So it's like, what are you talking about? They got two teams out there battling on the same field. We can't use the excuse. All you got to do is say and keep it one hundred. It's on Lugati. Come on, man. You got to find some better plays, some better designs, and work with that, man, and make some good things happen on offense. Those three and outs, I believe they had eight of them? Come on, man. That what? cannot happen. You're setting your team up for failure. And those quick three and outs, what happened? The defense goes, tried right back out there. You're putting so much on your defense to make plays. And you can't do that
0: for fourth quarters. And you know what? ended up Here's my thing. This ball game right here isn't the only game that play calling has cost us. Right, there's been other games this season where I've been calling on Luke Gessi to be better. He's cost this team multiple games this season. And you know what? If he would have had a different game plan in these games, the Bears would probably have close to a winning record right now. I know woulda coulda shoulda. I agree. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Those are the facts. The Bears are better than their record. When I look at this ball club, that's why I'm pissed off with this coaching staff. This isn't a five and nine team, especially with the way this defense has been playing. Come on, huh? Right. It's the play calling. Let me break this down for you just very briefly. Yeah, go for it. P-
1: people say that the Bears need to have more weapons. If the prayers, you think about it, Perez, you will not talk highly about the running backs. They're solid. All right. You got a number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. He's fantastic. You got Cole Commit playing extremely well. And you have a couple of pieces on the offensive line, right? So we talk about weapons. He has enough from that standpoint. If the play calling is right, Perez, we should be able to do some things with. We're talking about all these guys who can contribute, right? I understand Money Moon having a down year, per se, especially in the contract year. But he's not really a terrible wide receiver, though, right? We've seen this guy. And it's A-game what that looks like. But you got to look and say, Luke Gatsby, how come we couldn't get the most out of Money Moon? How come we can't get the most out of, you know, our running backs in certain situations? That's on you, man, because I do believe, from a weapon standpoint, on offense, it's solid. It's not as bad as, as it
0: being made out to be. See, the, this is the problem for me right now. When I look at this team, this is every Bears team that we've talked about in the past, right? right. The strong defense. With an offense that's not getting it done. Now, you've talked about this multiple times, how this Bears defense is becoming a very special unit. When well, you see the way that Montez Sweat is out there playing it every week. Every week, we're forcing offense to turn over the football. So that is some good news. That's positive. Right. We know that this isn't a fluke with this Bears defense. They're really, really fucking good. And they were up to it again Sunday. Now, everybody's going to look at Joe Flacco's numbers and they're going to see that play that he made to Cooper. Yeah. Okay. In the fourth quarter, the Bears defense gave up a big play. Right. That happens in the league. But for three quarters in that ball game, dub that Bears defense looked special. Sure did. For four straight games, they they're generating three takeaways. That's the thing that you and I were complaining about with this Bears defense prior to Montez Sweat being here and all of last season. I was not getting the football. They're doing that. Right. Your defense is making plays, right?
1: Impact plays at that. We talk about getting turnovers. But your offense is struggling to follow up. And that's the problem right there, Perez. We can't turn those turnovers into points, man. And that's tough. When you look at Luke Getsy and say, hey, man, your offense cannot get downfield or if you have a short field and still can't do anything with that, man. That's the hard part right there, press because you're right. This defense, man, has been on a mission. But at the end of the day, man, if your offense cannot complement that, it's going to be tough for you. And it's going to be hard to win football games if you're playing that way.
0: And of course, AW, you and I have talked about Montez when he had two and a half sacks in the game against Cleveland. Right. Quarterback hits, the solo tackles. I mean, he was doing it all. However, the other guys stepped up their ball games. Sure did. Marcus Walker, Justin Jones, Jaquan Brisk T.J. Evans, Tremaine Evans. This is all a unit that's playing with cohesion. And the chemistry we're seeing with, from this Bears defense right now, E-Dub, is giving me reasons to be very, very optimistic for the future once we get rid of this coaching staff. <laughs> right.
1: And I like what I've been seeing from this defense, Perez. In addition to what you share, the secondary beginning. Interceptions, we've even seen one of the linebackers, Edmonds, get a pick six in this game here. So it's sure. like these guys are balling out, man, on the defense. And this is the reason why we talked about it earlier, why Dub had a little hope, bro, because this defense, man, and I like what I've been seeing lately from the defense. These last four games, bro,
0: they've been on a mission. And this is the thing that's pissing me off where I'm looking at people talking about, Oh, well, the Bears defense gave up that 51-yard touchdown to tie the ball game up. Okay, that shit happens. Yeah. But with three minutes remaining in the game, that play should not have decided the ball game. The Bears' office failed to respond. That's why they lost the ball game. They had a chance to counter there with three minutes. what they do ain't done with the football. <laughs> a whole lot of fucking nothing. Exactly. What the Browns do. <laughs>
1: They went right the fucking game. <laughs> and that's the problem right there, Prince. what we've been seeing. The defense has been giving the offense momentum, but the offense isn't giving the defense any type of momentum. You're putting nothing but pressure on your defense for the third quarter and fourth quarter. If you don't get on your of offense, that momentum is going to shift over to the other team. And the Bears didn't have any momentum, bro, in that fourth quarter. And you gotta look at Lugeti and say, "Hey, what are you doing to try to get the momentum back? You're relying heavily on the defense to do too much, and every time that happens, friends, your defense eventually is going to fold."
0: And I even have to call out Iberflus again. Honest, you guys know I'll hold back on that son of a bitch. But <laughs> you got one of the most accurate field goal kickers, man, in the NFL. And I thought that there were some times out there that they made some questionable decisions. I don't know what Cairo Santos' comfort level is, what his target line is, but I'm gonna at least go to Cairo and be like, "Hey, man, I'd rather you kick this fucking field goal than for us to try to fucking throw a hell That's just my personal opinion. I feel like you left points out there in the field a couple times,
1: you know. But unfortunately, I don't know why they've been reluctant to allow him to do it. And um, I understand. We were getting the ball back at half, whatever. Okay, great. But this is a chance to put some points on the board. Go for it. Give your field goal kicker a chance. And I've seen, you know, Santos make some remarkable field goal attempts. And I was wondering, like, why not give him that opportunity, man? Santos looks ready. If you look at the sideline, it was showing the press. He looked like he's ready. He looked ready for an opportunity.
0: And you know what? Another thing he did, and this is just kind of what we were saying a second ago the inability to play complimentary football. You got a fucking defense right now that has generated 18 fucking takeaways. They're leading the NFL right now in that category. It's crazy because there was a while there this defense didn't know what a takeaway was. Now, you got a defense that's putting the offense in really good positions and the offense is not capitalized. That's sad. This is another lost season, a now, last season, again, I've said this before on this show. We gave this coach staff the benefit of the doubt because the team was playing hard. We are hearing all this shit about the hits principle. The team wasn't making mistakes. So you're like, you know what, whatever. Obviously, you guys are trying to get a draft pick here. All right, fine. But this season, I was expecting to see the offense go to the next level. I was expecting to see Justin Fields go to that next level. And it's still a lot of this, we're unsure. We don't know what we have. Why is that? This is year two. We were expecting this offense to take things to the next level. So look at this defense and the way the defense is taking that next step. Why is it the offense taking that next step? So Matt Mifluis has become the coordinator of this defense, and he's turned around things. Luke Esi has been over this office for two years and it's
1: gotten worse. Ooh. Ouch. But it's facts. And the thing, even with this game here, Perez, if you look at the Bears' offense against the Browns, truth be told, the offense really only manufactured three points. I mean, the touchdown came off a pick six, and the mm-hmm. other one came because Eddie Jackson got a good you know interception
0: and puts him in the red zone. Honor.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So you should score something right there, right? Thanks to Eddie Jackson interception. So really, what did your offense really do, Lugetti? And this is why I'm looking at them sideways, It's Like, come on now. They gotta give this defense something to work with.
0: Yeah, man. Especially when your defense is now leading the NFL on takeaways. 12 interceptions since week 11, a 12 interceptions. Wow. That is nothing to turn your nose up at. That is a defense that is playing like a top five unit in all the league. You love the way they're playing. And that's what you
1: like. That's what you want to see. This is what you expect when you see Ryan Post make the type of moves he's made with bringing someone like Sweat on board. And it's been a, a plus. And you just see how everyone else is feeding off Montez wet. And it's working. And it's making Eva Flus look really good at this point, friends, from a defensive standpoint. But at the end of the day, man,
0: you got to get wins when your defense playing that well. I know the audience over here ain't done, but man, they went heavy on the negativity. Well, what you want us to say? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not going to sit up here and fucking blow smoke up you guys, you know what? It is what it is. However, we are gonna to switch to a little bit of positivity. We're gonna give out some game balls. A dub, who's getting your game ball offense, guy? I'm
1: gonna go ahead and give it to Justin Fields, bro, on the offense.
0: I you like Justin Fields, your game
1: ball. Oh. Yes. He gave the Bears a chance to win. That's all you want your quarterback to do. The rest is on the other players. That pass to <laughs> Tanya. He dropped it. Justin Fields didn't drop that pass. That pass is on the money. The Hail Mary? Come on, man. Money Moon talking, I do agree you with about you on that Hail Mary.
0: I do agree with you
1: on that one. You know what I mean? So the thing is, you see things like that happen, the and then also, I gotta throw this out there. The refs did not do Justin Fields any favors. To close out that first half, Perez, not only was that ball not an interception on that Hail Mary in the first half, but there was also a late hit on Justin Fields, bro. An officiating crew then calling anything. That's the same type of play that happened to Allen for Buffalo Bills and they gave him the call. Easily. He ain't barely got touched. But the thing is, since the fields don't get those same type of calls. And that's tough, man. But to see this kid, it. you know, yeah. and to see this kid play so t- t- tough press through adversity and still try to get his team a chance to win. You're getting my game ball. Because you didn't blow it. You had some opportunities out there, of course, but you did not blow it. You still gave this Bears team a chance to win.
0: I mean, it's a fair point, they dub it's, it's a fair point. Um, I got to go with Roshon Johnson as far as getting my game on. Roshon Johnson continues as a rookie on this team to show you glimpses of what he'll be able to provide in the future. Now, he made the most of his limited opportunities out there, only had five carries, but average over seven yards of carry out there. Caught the ball really good out of the backfield, showed up well of pass protection. Now, I know people will sit here and say, man, you and A.W., y'all grasping for straws. Well, you want us to be positive, right? So we're going to give y'all a little <laughs> bit of positivity now. <laughs> but on offense, that's the best we got for y'all. <laughs> yep. For
1: real, bro. Ain't a lot to choose from in this, man. When your offense only manufactured really three points, not a lot to choose from.
0: But no nah, so I got to get the game ball to Roshan Johnson again. He's someone I'm gonna be really excited to see next season in this Bears offense. So that's that's what I got for you
1: I like Roshan Johnson, and I'm looking forward to seeing this kid, man, the future pro. I I expect a lot out of him. Yes, sir. All right, on defense, let's get the game ball. On defense, getting the game ball is no other than Montez Sweat, bro. Man. I can't look at it any other way. <laughs> Cannot look at it any other way, Perez. Of course, there's some others who contribute who play very well Other than Montez Webb, But just, again, his impact, bro. The way yep. he's able to get home, make plays. I mean, he was out there saying, look, I'll do it myself. <laughs> you know? And he made Flacco really think about some things, man. Like, whoa, wait a minute. This dude is getting home. He's making plays. He's getting sacks. And he could have had three, but he got 2.5. But at the end of the day, man, Montez Sweat is out there balling
0: and earning that paycheck. I mean, Montez Sweat, what more can you say? We continue to give this guy his props, but he earns them, bro. I mean, dude, the guy is a stud. Yeah. Uh, Another dominant performance from him. I talked about it earlier. Led the team with two and a half sacks, A-Dub. But Joe Flacco probably was having nightmares about Montez Sweat after that ball game, bro. He was all over (laughs) the field. Salute to Montez Sweat. You know what even is crazier is that he got traded away from the commanders and he still leads the commanders in sacks right now while also leading the Bears in sacks right now. <laughs> wow. That's crazy to lead two teams in sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes to show you his impact, man. There you go. We got the right guy. Oh, hell yeah, we got the right guy. So, man, there's so many people that I could give this game ball to on defense. I'm going Tremaine Evans. We talked about this Bears defense and how they were dominant in this ball game. Tremaine Evans, pick six. Yep. And, and that wasn't an easy pick six. That was a 45-yard return. And now Tremaine yeah, Evans well. has four picks on the season, A-Dub. He side with Jalen Johnson. So it's not just his secondary now that's out here becoming playmakers. You got your backers out here making plays, A-Dub. And that was a nice pick
1: six right there. I do love the fact that he brought that boy back to the house. But I cannot forget that Edwards put a nice hit out there to make him cough that ball up for Evans Ed, for to take it to the house, bro. And you're right. Those linebackers, man, are just playing so well together.
0: T.J. Edwards better be a pro bowler. That's all I got to say. Mm, he better be. He've earned it. Listen, man, I gotta give one more honorary game ball out. Just because this defense has done so well, Tyreek Stevens. Now, we know he had struggles as a rookie earlier this season, but he's continuing to show flashes of as a playmaker out there in done. Uh, five tackles, two pass breakups. Joe Flacco was challenging Tyreek Stevenson out there. Tyreek Stevenson was out there like, oh, okay, you're gonna do that shit again. i pick your ass off. And he did.
1: You know what made that pick so special, Prince? It came on going. it came on the cuffs of Trent Taylor. Oh good punt. that fucking buff. <laughs> and guess what happened, man? Tyreek Stevenson bailed his ass out.
0: He sure did. He said. Because at that touchdown. point,
1: exactly. Because you like, hey man, this um Browns team, let well, they're about to get ready and score a touchdown. But Tyreek Stevenson said, uh-uh, not on my watch. <laughs> awesome pick, bro. I was like, wow. That's what I'm talking about, kid. So, Tyreek Stevenson, man, I love the way he plays football, bro. He can make a mistake, but guess what? He will come back and make a great play. And you know what, Trent
0: Taylor? They brought you here to do one fucking thing, and you can't even do that shit. They brought (laughs) you here to be a dependable partner turner, and you're here buffing punks. Now, I know people will be like, Prince, but he's been solid this season. So, what did he do on Sunday? He had two buff punks. Not one, but two. And if it were for Tyreek Stevenson, that could have been a seven-point mistake.
1: Yeah. And all I could think about that crossed my mind was like, hey, man, Trent Taylor, man, who paid you off, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Two-month punts? What's up, man? This is unusual. Like someone would say to us, he been playing well all the season. Well, what the hell happened against the Browns? He almost, you know, really gave up a touchdown if it wasn't for Tyreek Stevenson.
0: Listen, if Vela Jones could have done the fucking job, he wouldn't be on this team. See, now I'm going to sit up here and blame Vela Jones for what the fuck Trent Taylor did because Trent Taylor shouldn't even be on this roster. We shouldn't have had to burn a roster spot for a fucking partner return. I've said that before. True. You know what I'm saying? You draft the guy in the third round, you think that he could get the job done. But no, he can't get the job, done. So we got to go out here and sign a guy to be the proper turnover, And he can't even get the fucking job, done. <laughs> God, this roster, man. As bad even as when was, I'm trying to be positive, I can't be positive. <laughs> all I
1: keep thinking back in my mind is like, man, some of these guys, they want to play, man, against the Browns. And look at that Trent Taylor making these type of mistakes. It's like, man, you didn't show up at all.
0: You weren't ready for the Browns. Get him off my team. That's all I got to say. Get him the fuck off my team. I'm sick and tired of giving him reps on offense, too. The fuck out of here. That guy runs a 4 7. Why are we lining him up and running him on plays on offense? Anyway, (laughs) Ada, who should bear down your underperformer for week 15, sir?
1: My underperformer prayers come as a package deal. <laughs> it's Khalil Herbert man he a package deal
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a package deal with these two man because I'm disappointed Khalil Herbert and Forman. Okay. these two Herber. dudes didn't give us nothing bro and what really pissed me off was you're right they couldn't run the football well you know that because of part of the reason we got to get Brown's credit on defense but they're blocking they were banged up, even though they're banged up but the blocking bro Everybody got a the backfield ring straight through both of them. I'm like, man, look, y'all not doing just the fields any favors at all. So to me, bro, I got a problem with that, bro. You cannot tell me you, you're struggling to run the football and you're struggling with blocking too. Come on, now you're giving up too much now. So I'm disappointed in both of those running backs, man. They better come back next week and do better.
0: But, but you know what they do? A lot of that also is on your offensive play caller because the plays weren't working with those two. And they continue to try to keep doing the same shit because Roshon Johnson didn't have those same issues. True. And I'm sorry, but again, these in the plays that they do, whether it's a Tyler Scott or a Trent Taylor, a lot of this stuff is just dumbass play calls. The Cleveland Browns are blowing up our backfield. True. And so I agree with your recipient of that designation they did. But I think a part is you need to include Luke Goetze in that package deal because he also <laughs> kind of was responsible for why those guys were set up for success.
1: Well, guess what, Perez? We're putting Luke Goetze in that package deal then for sure because you're right, he played a big part of it too. He doesn't get off the hook. We're not letting Luke Goetze off the hook at all. He played a major factor in this. He
0: didn't look well, oh, nor did the players. And again, I said it what are our offensive line they didn't get the job done. Miles Garrett did not sack Justin Fields, which <laughs> we saw the last time they played. The Miles Garrett owned our offensive line. Oh. However, the Bears' offensive line again wasn't getting pushed, which is why I don't understand why Newgenty kept doing the same shit over and over again. Stupidity. They were committing penalties, just didn't make things easier for us at all. And then again, like I said earlier, when you lose your Best offensive lineman to injury. We were doomed.
1: That's always tough, man, to see a player like Tevin Jenkins get hurt. Man, I felt so bad for him. I'm like, man, big Tev, we need you. That's the tough part right there. But I do hope he
0: makes a you know full recovery. Everything goes well with him. Now, my underperformer, my bear down for week fifteen. It would be easy for me to save your boy money, Mo. but I'm gonna leave him alone because we did a whole segment on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is what it is. We already know that bank is closed. Whatever. I'm not even gonna even. I'm not even gonna heat you up, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you live, son. But you know who I am not gonna let live. Ain't that Who that? That evil Matt That I need you to step to the front of the congregation, please, sir. Thank you. Oui. I am back on the fire Manny Buffoosh train. Now, I've given him his credit for what he's done for his defense. I don't want y'all talking shit. However, right. that's not his fucking job. I keep telling y'all that's not his job. What is his title, a He's the head coach. He is the head coach of the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears nice. just lost another winnable ballgame. Who's the head coach of the Chicago Bears? Matt had even Okay. So now, you are a head coach of a sinking ship. A team that continues to blow leads later games. A head coach that continues to make mind-boggling calls, A-Dub. Elected to go for it on fourth down. The failed Hail Mary attempt before halftime. Rather let Cairo Santos kick the fucking ball. Now, I will say this. The one at the end of the half, that's the one that was excused. Because that probably been a little bit of a longer attempt. But opting not to take the three points in a close defensive battle at the start of the fourth quarter. That right there It's just one of the many reasons why I want him off my fucking football team. I want him gone. I'm sick of it. (laughs) I'm fucking sick of it. When
1: I look at Matt Eberflus, the first thing that cut in my mind is your offensive coordinator, who you had the opportunity to choose. And guess what? He has let you down tremendously. But that falls on you, Matt Eberflus. And guess what? He does not compliment you at all. We know who you are, Iberflues. You're a guy that focus heavily on defense. You need somebody to compliment you very well. And unfortunately, that's not been the case in your team here with the Bears. So therefore, if you don't have the right people around you to help you be great, then guess what? You shouldn't be the head coach of this football team. That's your job is to make sure you have the right pieces around you to be successful as a head coach. You don't have it. Matter of fact, you didn't have it with Allen Williams. I'm going to call that what it is. You had to take over the defensive side of it to get this defense to play a little bit better than what it's been doing early in the season. I understand Montez Sweat came over and did the rest, but at the end of the day, they started to play a better because you took over. Allen Williams was not getting the job done. That falls on you as well, Eva Flux.
0: Yeah, we've well, said that before. You hired her, right? I'll I, I you yep. that. You've hired these coordinators and aren't getting the job, done. yep Also, the Bears have lost three games when they've led by 10 points or more in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's an embarrassment. That's time for the most in NFL history. When you are a competent coach and when your team is leading by 10 or more points, you should win that game. That's yet another indictment on Manny McFool's.
1: Yeah, that's tough right there, Presley. What you're showing right there is that in crunch time, you cannot get the job done and you continuously fold. And that's really what it's been. Dude, closing is a
0: part of the game. When you win, it's because you close the opponent off. The Bears are not doing that. They're showing you, again, they don't know how to win football games. That falls on the head coach. Yes, he showed that he could develop defensive players. That's cute. I love that. But he doesn't have the clutch gene as a coach.
1: And that is it right there, friends. That clutch gene, man, that's been lacking tremendously on the Chicago Bears. That's my two cents on
0: that audience. I'm sorry. Y'all probably like, man, this is such a negative-ass episode. And All we can do here is just tell you guys how we fucking feel. And right now... I don't feel happy about this fucking team. I don't feel good about this team. I feel good about the defense, yes. But this is the same story that we've been talking about since we've all been fans of this ball club. This is a one-sided fucking football club right now where the defense is carrying off us. Yep. I am sick and tired of that story. You're not going to win in this NFL with that style of play.
1: Nope. And it's just tough. Seen the Bears lose too many games that they should have won. And that's a problem, a major one. And Eberfuss can't do nothing but look in the mirror and say, hey, this is on you, man. This is on you.
0: Yeah, please. This is all I'm going to say here. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals coming to here with Kyler Murray, and their three and 10 team they dug. Now, this is a ball game right here that most people will probably circle and say, the Bears made me a favorite. I can't wait to see what DraftKings has to say. I can't wait. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, look. They're going to find kings, some man. kind of way to sell us. They're going to find some kind of way.
1: <laughs> yeah, they is. man. Salute the DraftKings, man. They're going to find a way to throw some salt on the Bears, man. They're going to find a way. I'm just looking forward to seeing what they got to say.
0: Yes, sir. And all this, we're going to have a preview pod for you guys this week. It'll be available later in the week. And like I said, hey uh, Dub, <laughs> maybe we'll be a little bit more positive on that one. But I didn't have much on this one, and I'm sorry, audience. I'm getting over being sick, and that game made me even sicker. I almost went back to my sick bed, a Dub, after watching that shit, I was like, God damn, man, this team trying to fucking kill me.
1: <laughs> hey man, oh, yeah, it's the holidays, Friends, When you found out this Bears team lost, and you were looking at the game, man, you were like, hey, I need a little bit more medication, man, we're more doses, <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: Straight up. Too funny. Too funny. Well, audience, we're going to holler at y'all later in the week. But today, we are out.